0: We're the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm a writer and producer. I live in Pasadena, California with my husband. I have two college-age sons and a
2: big dog. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm a former senior executive. I live in
1: Santa Monica, California with my little dog, Hooper. I'm Julie Dolan. I live in Dallas, Texas, but I'm always planning my next international trip. And while waiting for visas, I help take care of my five grandchildren and my husband. That's right. We're the Satellite
0: Sisters. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, once again, a super full show. I mean, we have yes. stuff happening everywhere. Uh, okay. First of all, <laughs> we have to talk about
2: that front page story on the New York Times about Nike. Yes. that uh, The women at Nike are staging a revolt, Leon. And I was formerly a woman at Nike. As, you were
1: formerly a woman at as Nike. As was I. Yeah. And so. We are I got a lot of free Nike stuff when you were at <laughs> Nike. So I'm I was in on this story too. So I think there's a major
2: Satellite Sisters Stay Noisy Award going to the women involved in this revolt. More on that later.
0: Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Uh Julie, you have a situation with a neighbor you want
1: us to weigh in on? Yes, I do. I need I need a direction. I have three choices. You're going to pick one for me. On Entertaining Sisters today,
0: Liz, you went to see a panel discussion with the entire cast of The Crown.
1: Yes, yes. It was very exciting.
2: Not the whole cast, but like a good uh, Princess Margaret was there, which I enjoyed. And of course, the Queen herself. Yeah, it's Emmy season, Leanne. So I get invited as a former TV executive. I get invited to all these things and they're free. So I go. And then, Julie, you're bringing us a book you loved and two TV
1: shows you have going to watch. That's right. I stay home. I don't go to a TV premieres, Leanne. (laughs) But I I have some information that might be helpful. Hi. I have a magazine roundup
0: and I have some breaking news on brunch. So,
2: <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> it's
1: possible, Liz. It's possible. All right. But, Jewel, what's the situation there in Dallas? What's happening? OK, so, so here's my situation. Someone is building a house behind our lot. And we share an alley where all the utility wires and lines, including my AT&T U-verse cable, is located. Yeah. And this is the cable that, this is my lifeblood. It is the internet. It's the TV. The construction has gone on for three months. And in the last three months, the construction workers have cut my internet cable, UVerse cable, twice. Oh, ouch. I, I, I complain. Yes, which means I'm out of business you know, yeah. it's a giant, you know, you got to stay home. It's got to get reconnected. They got to bury it again. It's, we can, we it's can big... hear it in your voice. Yeah, <laughs> we can hear what it's doing to you in okay, your voice. Okay, it's a big magilla. <laughs> okay, so I called the first time, complained to the builder, and he told me my complaint was far-fetched. So, of course, I hung up on him. Anyone that tells me I'm far-fetched, they're out. Far-fetched? So the house, How? far-fetched. That was his response to my complaint. So anyway, the house will not be completed until August or September. So I feel like I have three choices. Door number one is go with the flow. Play the long game. I mean, this, these are going to be my neighbors. It's important to me to have good relations or at least civil relations with my neighbors. <laughs> and gee, how many more times could they cut my cable between now and August? Yeah, okay, right. that's door okay. That's the first job. Door number two is to reject door number one and to say, are you kidding me? Uh, Complain to the city, uh, write threatening letters to the owners and to the builders, and really take this to DEFCON too. And just (laughs) let them know that um, things would happen. Heads would roll if my cable is cut again. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Door number three, I see as more like the resistance now I'm not saying that water balloons were thrown over the back fence on Sunday <laughs> into the con- construction site, but things like that could happen. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so th- those, those are our three choices. <laughs> yeah. those are really my three choices, sister. I'm really at a crossroads. You know, you know, you know how jittery it makes when you're not connected. It's yeah. terrible. I know. Okay. Yeah. What do you think I should do? What's the right thing?
2: Leon, do you have a gut? Uh, you know, I'm going to
0: say. Uh, Number two, I'm going to say Defcom two. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's first of all, it's the builder you have the issue with, not the owners. Now, you're never going to see them again, <laughs> right? The builder, right? Okay. right? So I don't think like, you owe the builder anything. I, I would, you know, be firm because it's really, first of all, they're idiots for to continually cut your wires. That's not a good builder, right? You know, yes, I right. mean, it's pretty obvious where wires are. I mean, yes. I, I'm not <laughs> okay, a builder. I would have gone.
2: With one and three. I think a combo of one and three. (laughs) Play the long game with your neighbors. Even if you pick a fight with the builder, I would not let that spread to the neighbors because that's sort of a permanent relationship thing. You're going to want and need a good relationship with them. So I wouldn't burn down the house. But an occasional water balloon. I mean, you do over the back fence. Yes. You do have children and grandchildren in the neighborhood who could like, uh, they could have some fun with that. Um, <laughs> you know, toilet paper in the trees, a few things like that. Is that what you're thinking? Just pranksters, yeah. pranksters.
1: Yes, that's,
0: we, that's we have a neighbor that we have a passive aggressive relationship with like that. And every once in a while, my husband will do something and
1: it makes us feel better. But it's very yes. temporary yes, and it, it doesn't it solve the is, problem. It, that, it is juvenile to yes. throw water balloons over the yeah. back fence. I'm not saying that happened. But if one were to do that, it's a it's a pretty. But it does. You do have a moment where it feels uh, pretty darn good. OK. All right. Well. Uh, I think that was a help. I'm not certain. (laughs) But at least I'm talking to you on the show today. That's right. I just, every moment I'm connected, I'm now grateful. I think when it's related to work, you're allowed to get, this is. No, yeah, uh, I'm
2: not saying not. I'm just saying do not poison the well with your actual future neighbors. (laughs) There would be a long-term price to pay for that. Yeah.
1: All right. Okay. All right. Solid
2: advice. Maybe you should TP the house of the builder. (laughs) May have. did you think about that?
1: Okay, now that's some creative problem solving. Thank you, Liz. I mean,
2: just again, that could be very satisfying, and they would never know, but you would. All right,
0: uh, moving on to a hot topic. I mean, it's—I didn't know it's a topic that divides the nation, Liz. What According is that? to the Washington Post this weekend, here people are either brunchers or non-brunchers. You, that is oh, yeah. the topic that divides
1: the nation? That's it. I did. I did. I, when I was in Brooklyn, my son is so anti-brunch. He hates those brunchers, Liam, you know? Because <laughs> well, they just, they go to brunch and then they're like drunk in the middle of the day, wandering around in Brooklyn. I it's guess, bad. I guess. They, a th- they have like, a, they go to brunch, they get un, unlimited mimosas, unlimited Bloody Marys, And then they're just wandering around drunk in the middle of the day. I had no
0: idea that this was happening. I haven't been part of the brunch set in quite a long time. In fact, one of the key relationship points my husband and I have is we never eat out like breakfast because he's an early riser. I'm an early riser. We have already done so many things before 9 a.m. Even on the weekend, it's not worth it to go out to brunch. So... This weekend, we found ourselves out at brunch, but not on purpose. We were going to lunch, uh, but because we had— Just got an early start. (laughs) Yeah, an early start, you know. I had already—he had worked a couple hours, ran 11 miles. I had done a couple of things, walked the dog, gone to a class, done some work. Well, let's go out to lunch, and it's 11, so it's technically brunch. And when we got there and they handed us a brunch menu, I was psyched because <laughs> the last time I went out to brunch was like 10, 10 years ago. I mean, I remember it. Again, we didn't mean to go out to brunch. It was an accidental brunching. So I went ahead and ordered a mimosa because I know it's a once-in-a-decade thing for me. Yes, And it was not a bottomless mimosa. It was just a single delicious mimosa because it was made with high-quality champagne, not Andre. Okay. And I thoroughly enjoyed my brunch, list. And I thought, well, this is fantastic. And then I go and I so see so you're done for
2: 10 years. I see
0: this headline. I had no idea that brunch was a divisive issue. But, Julie, it's exactly what you described. There is a whole generation out there, they were raised on sex in the city. They were used to seeing those women brunch, and this is it. They, like, go, they drink mimosas all day, then they come out and they
1: fall down on the sidewalks. (laughs) Right. I mean, no, I mean, Urban Nana, I was there last week pushing that stroller. They're clogging up the sidewalk, too, because, you know, everybody wants to go to brunch. So, of course, you have to wait in line for brunch. So you can't get by with your strollers on a Sunday. I, so. I just
0: I had no idea because th- mm-hmm. I just think of brunch as like a nice
1: meal. But gee, I wish I could. It's not a lifestyle. I didn't know. <laughs> no. it's become they a lifestyle. It, <laughs> you would never go to brunch. Yeah, but, yeah. I yeah. don't what... want to be with all those drunken brunchers. Yeah,
0: no. I mean, it sounds like it's kind of nuts. And then and then you really waste the whole day. I mean, I know I sound old and cranky. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yes, yes you do. But yes, d- you do. I mean, you want to throw drinking. some
1: water balloons over the back fence with me, land? <laughs>
0: I'm just sorry to see. As one, as one person in the uh, Washington Post said, well, there's classy brunch and there's non-classy brunch. And oh. I, I just thought all brunch was classy. But I also <laughs> didn't know that most of America doesn't brunch. Like no. this is a ridiculous concept to many, many parts of America. And you know what the number one brunch city is? I know you're thinking it's Brooklyn, but it's not. The, according to the Google search engine, Washington, D.C. is the number one really? brunch city. It's the most, it's the city where they search the term brunch the most. So that says a lot
2: that those people, it's just so bad. There. Just, they just, one more thing they've ruined. <laughs> one more thing. They are responsible for ruining everything, everybody in the swamp, and they're taking down brunch with them.
0: Their list. Last week in Washington, D.C., there was an actual brunch con. Like no. Comic Con? Yeah. There was a convention of brunchers. I well, mean,
1: what? I just I'm had like, no idea. What, like they have panels on hollandaise sauce or <laughs> <Yeah>. something. But... <laughs> they come with t shirts
0: that say brunch so hard. And, you know, that's oh a whole God. thing. I had no idea. So yeah, it's, it's like that like, SantaCon like that St. St. got out of Patrick's
1: control. Day or something. It's like it gives you people like a green light to get like, uh, drunk in the middle of the day. I don't, I don't get it.
0: I was just so surprised. I enjoyed our once a decade brunch. I enjoyed my once a decade mimosa. And then I came home and I realized that, like everything else, brunch has been denigrated. And I'm sorry to hear that. So So you're
2: just going to go back to making your own toast, right? Is that it? (laughs) It's true. Why leave the house, Liz? Why leave the house?
0: This is what they've done to us.
2: All All right. right. Um. Hey, before we get too far into the show, I do want to let people know about a special appearance that you made, Leon, on the other podcast I do. Listeners know I do another show. It's a career advice show called Safe for Work. And it's, I just, you know... I give career advice, believe it or not. My sisters don't want to hear my career advice, so I give it to strangers who call in. And it is an entertaining show, and I suggest you check it out. But last week, we did a live version of Safe for Work at the L.A. Times Festival of Books. On the live show, we had a series of noted authors, uh, Steve Almond. Uh, was on the show, Sarah Benincasa was on the show, and the most notable of all the noted is our very own Liam Dolan Thank you. was Liz. on the show. Thank you for coming on. And Lian's gig, Julie, I think you helped her work on her material behind
1: the scenes. There was, was some collaboration, yes.
2: Yeah. So it's Leanne giving advice to my co-host about how to work with me.
1: We have some experience. We have some thoughtful reflections, Liz, that we wanted to share with your new co-host. What was funny was Matt,
0: her co-host, was trying to say, oh, he was trying to set it up. I'm like, oh, Matt, you don't need any words. We know what you're going through. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't need to set it up. But yes, that's that's dropped now. That episode yes. is dropped, It's dropped. You can people listen can to tune it. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I was happy to be
1: featured on Safe for Work. Yeah. I
0: think you do a fine job over there at that podcast.
1: Thank Liz. you. You Thank have you, a lot Link. of career even, advice to Even hear. if you don't have a career, right. I think you'll find the advice really <laughs> yeah, helpful. It you is. know, I do. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know what? Because it's not real. It's more about the people skills
2: you need to just get through life. I mean, not that mine are always great, but it's more about the EQ aspects of being in any kind of a uh, workplace. The sort of emotional intelligence that will help you make decisions like, you know, should you bomb your neighbor over the fence? (laughs) It's It's just the equivalent of that, but insert cubicles to the... Neighbor over the back fence, kind yeah. of dilemmas.
0: No, it's very solid, very solid, and that is called Safe for
2: Work. Safe for Work. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's you have to go someplace to find it. Available everywhere. Sisters. Apple Podcasts. Anywhere okay. you
2: get. Anywhere you're listening to us right now. Yeah. you can find Safe for Work. So I encourage you to to give it a listen. And Leanne comes up at the top. She's you know the featured number one slot. So, a number one guest. Yes,
0: I brought it. Five <laughs> and five. That's what I did. Five minutes. That's all I got.
2: I, I think I made the most of it. Very, very exciting. Okay, so I've got some good news, bad news, terrible news, but good news here. All all wrapped up into one giant front page story in The New York Times on Sunday, which I know you guys saw. So Mm -hmm. um, here's what the headline said. Women at Nike Revolt. Forcing change at last. So this was on Sunday's paper, but I got to tell you, the text started coming in to me on Saturday because that's when they posted it online. And I was at Nike for 10 years. I was a senior executive there. I ran marketing. Lee, you were there for a number of years. Yep. You worked in the film production department there. Under the design umbrella. Mm-hmm.
0: Just, it was, so my boss is now—my former boss, when I was there, is now the uh, CEO of Nike. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean— No, yeah, he, oh, he's in the story. Yeah,
2: he's in the story. Yes. But he was lovely to me. Lovely to me. Okay. So here's the news. Um, originally, the news that broke in March was that six top male executives had left the company, including very high-ranking men, the president of the Nike brand, uh, his top lieutenant— and this is always a bad sign, the head of diversity. So when, yeah. when you're firing your head of diversity and the guy who's in charge of the whole brand, that's not good. But what, what prompted this is what the subject of this weekend's story is. And it's that the women rose up. The women internally decided they were not being heard, so they were going to band together, gather the information the company needed to hear, and they were going to present it to the CEO, Mark Parker, and that's what we did. So, first of all, kudos to the women of Nike. You are our Satellite Sisters of the Week. You get our Stay Noisy Award. Uh, What they did, I really appreciated the way they went about this, and it was born of frustration, no doubt. It was born of not being heard. But what they did is they surveyed women around the company and they asked them about whether they'd been the victim of sexual harassment or gender discrimination. Uh, They gathered that all together and they presented their findings to the CEO. Uh, Mark Parker, the CEO, then moved fairly quickly to get rid of the men who he believed were not just responsible for the bad behavior. So these guys were not getting um, fired because of specific sexual harassment allegations, but for creating a culture that allowed and protected this behavior. So there's a a slight ray of sunshine there that they are actually trying to address this from the much larger issue. But I think, well, let's talk about what's super depressing here. Right. Julie, you and I were talking about this the the other day. I mean, the long list of depressing behavior inside the company includes trips to strip clubs, uh, demeaning remarks about women's body parts, and an inner circle of men who kind of ruled through bullying and fear. And as right. we were talking about this, it's like, this
1: is still going on. Yeah. It's just. Depressing. Like, I mean, that was my first job out of college, working for U.S. Steel. You know, that was the certainly the culture and the climate of that place. But, you know, when I read that in the New York Times, I I was actually surprised that it was still going on. You know, uh, that uh, that men are still like in the presence of their female co-workers, You know, trying to, you know, do the pros and cons of who has better strip clubs, L.A. Mm-hmm. or um, or New York. I mean. Totally inappropriate behavior. So I'm not surprised that that was happening. But when women complained to the HR department that nothing got done, that's what surprised me, Liz. You yeah, know, because yeah. you would think 30 years since we started working that at least there would be now some protocol, you know, some real, you know, response that you're supposed to have when women bring issues like this to HR.
2: Yes, exactly. So even though, like, kudos to the women for staging the result and coming forward. And I'll put a link to this story in our show notes because it's a major story. You should read the whole thing. We don't have time to go through everything that's in here, but it is really fascinating. So here's one part of the story that really stuck out to me. I'm going to read you this. For Amanda Shabil, who left Nike in September uh, after about five years in the company, the promise to address longstanding systemic problems is welcome but late. Quote, Why did it take an anonymous survey to make change? She asked. Many of my peers and I reported incidences in a culture that were uncomfortable, disturbing, threatening, unfair, gender biased, and sexist, hoping that something would change that would make us believe in Nike again. No one went just to complain. We went to make it better. And I think... For me, that is really like a key thing because the you know the women they're they 're inside a company that many of them love or they 're making contributions to. I know I felt that way when I was there for a company with all of its flaws. But as it's a
0: company that inspires a lot of loyalty from yes. its
2: employees. Yeah. It's
0: almost like graduating from a college. Like that's how you think of yourself if you were a, a Nike mm-hmm. employee, like that you were an alumni of something that was kind
2: of special. Mm-hmm. So, but this is what's so depressing, Leanne, is that they, to allow this to go on, it's one thing, you know, 20, 30 years ago that they're still not being heard, you know, and when she says, we just want we want to make it better. Like that's what I really hear most of all. I know that's the way I felt when I was there, that I would try to make change. I certainly was very outspoken as an executive uh, during the time that I was there. And it kind of reminded me of what Jody Cantor from The New York Times said at that panel I went to a few months ago. So Jody Cantor just won the Pulitzer Prize last week for the reporting she and Megan Toohey did about the whole Harvey Weinstein um uh, era and the what really stuck out to me is Jody Cantor said when she talks to the women who were the victims of this that there 's a feeling of deep mourning among the women that have been through this because it 's about careers derailed or cut short or opportunities denied for advancement, but also opportunities to contribute to the company. You know, and I think that's for a lot of women that have been through this. And obviously, I have friends that are still there. I have friends that have left there, um, like all along the spectrum, men and women, by the way, that I've talked to about this. But the idea, I mean, a company loses so much when you don't, really listen to your people and allow them to contribute and advance. And for the women who are sort of checking out and going elsewhere, it's like you have to go start somewhere else all over again. And there, you can see in the story as you read through it, there are still like many... Anonymous uh people who just are they don't really want to have their names attached to what they're saying. So to the people that say, Oh, now in the Me Too era, everybody gets to say whatever they want. It's like Ollie Ollie income free. Everybody <laughs> everybody gets right. to like totally lay it out there. Well, no, not no. really. It's still very difficult for women to come forward. Right. Especially in a company like like Nike, where they make the point in the story and Lee and you and I both live through this. It's kind of it's a big company in a relatively small city. Right. You know, Leon would always joke, Julie, that Portland isn't so much a small city as it is a large high school. And
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, but right, you know, I think some, several women in the article said that, that they were afraid to come forward, both because of the company and because of the implications of living in Portland. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it felt really like it was such a small town.
0: It does dominate the town. I mean, there are a couple of big companies there, but Nike is sort of the dominant company. When I went to work there, it was very, very common for there to be husbands and wives and brothers and sisters, entire Mm -hmm. families. Because Portland at the time was a tiny city Mm -hmm. coming out of a really bad depression from the end of the lumber business up there. Yeah, Uh, Nike was the one bright star. It was quite small then. So there was kind of a sense of like, oh, you're smart. Anybody at home like you? I mean, it was very. I mean, true. I mean, no, that's right. true. There were lots of. I mean, I ended up there because I wasn't even planning on staying. I just got an interview and oh, oh, this looks fine. I'll just stay here. I mean, because it was so it an was an
1: excellent a, career move, sister. Very
0: Ryan. small town, yeah. So, um, but but I think. I think in the article, it mentions like one of the reasons people don't move forward is there are so many husbands and wives and so many, you know, kind of family members Mm -hmm. working there. It's very hard to come forward. Yeah,
2: they don't want their names attached to things. So do read the story. It's fascinating. There are two things in it that make me hopeful. And you know, we're all about the stay noisy. So uh, the first thing that makes me hopeful is that Women came forward in an organized way and are sticking up for each other. That is a very positive thing. The other thing that makes me hopeful is that the company is you know, saying that they're going to be enacting sweeping change that's more than just removing a few bad actors. So this isn't a case where they've they've removed a few guys who did some bad things. What they've done is removed people who were responsible for protecting people doing bad things. And that's a whole different standard. And so I would say, let's just make sure we continue to hold them to it. So, so you think that they can make positive change? I do. That, yes, I totally okay. do. Yes, because it's, you know, uh, if you when you have a workforce where at least a certain number of women felt empowered enough to come forward, uh, they have to be taken seriously now. It's, oh, God knows it's not easy, Julie, because, I mean, I was there in the 90s and we were sort of fighting some of this stuff. So here we are all these years later. But I would say, And it's a sports company. Yeah, but also (laughs) almost every company in America is going through this right right now. So I appreciate the idea that they're taking the larger view and saying this isn't about removing a few bad actors. This is about culture change. So culture change, as we all know, is incredibly difficult to engineer. But without a long-term commitment to it, you have no shot. So to the extent that they are making a long-term commitment to that, I guess I am... um, I'm feeling a little bit hopeful about that. Okay. The only other thing I wanted to mention in this sort of me too block here is that the other day I went to hear Ronan Farrow speak about his new book. Leon, and I just gave you a copy Thank of you, it. Thank you, Liz. It is, um, it's called War on Peace. It's called War on Peace and it's actually about the State Department. Julie, I have a copy for you too because I know you are you are both fans of diplomacy. Yes. And because you do your weekly recap of the TV show <laughs> Madam Secretary. I I know you're very close to um, uh, that you enjoy commentary on what's going on in the uh, in the world of diplomacy and
1: so I'm one
0: It's okay, Liam's phone is going off. And then my computer is connected to my phone. So I'm I, I don't yeah. even At know. At least
1: you have connection. <laughs> How that happened. Don't
0: complain. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so one thing about Ronan Farrow's book, you know, about the State Department that really stuck with me, he asked the question, why are the politics of peace so much harder than the politics of war? and that 's essentially what the book is about, you know, so that 's interesting that 's why you were enjoying it. But first, when he answered the first question he got from Tommy Vitor was about the Me Too movement because he was asked about how did he feel about the news that Charlie Rose did you guys hear about this? Charlie Rose was shopping a show in which he would interview. Other fallen men, including Matt Lauer, Louis C.K., and you know how this news came out? Another solid gold satellite sister, Tina Brown, who was just on our show a couple of months ago. Tina said she was pitched this show, and she, of course, turned it down, but she's the one that came forward publicly, and we're like, what the hey? No. I mean, whose bad idea
1: is that? Yeah, I know.
2: (laughs) I know. (laughs) So anyway, what Ronan Farrow said, you know, he's been so outspoken on the Me Too issue, not just as a journalist at The New Yorker, but as regards to the case with his sister and their father, uh, Woody Allen. He said he part of the reason he would not be interested in such a show at all is that it's important that we not lose sight of the important sign of the sort of increasing progress we're making, which is that we're paying attention to women coming forward. And we need to keep hearing their stories. They were brave enough to come forward. And he believes we keep the spotlight there. It's a little bit too early to turn to the men who are trying to portray themselves as being somehow a victim of this. So, I, you know— well, yeah, I'm not really ready to hear any of them talk about, you know, do some kind of mea culpa or not. It's never going to be good enough for me. No. So there you go. That's that's my report. Oh, so so the one thing that I want to tell you guys, though, that was funny. So one of the things Ronan Farrow was talking about that it's hard to for people to appreciate the hard work of diplomacy is because the CIA gets all these great TV shows made about them, you know, like Homeland and the military. The Pentagon gets all these great TV shows about them. But you can't make a great TV show about diplomacy because it's kind of. People sitting around. And so, and then uh, Tommy Vitor said, Well, but what about Madam Secretary? And Ronan Farrow said, Is that still on the air? <gasps> yes, Ronan. So,
1: still on the Ronan. air, Ronan. Still on the air. So, yesterday. Season five, Ronan's <laughs> going to be coming your way. Okay. So I,
2: I tweeted a link to your Madam Secretary recap to them yesterday. Thank you. Just so in case they want to catch up with the important work of diplomacy that you two sisters are doing, talking about the diplomacy on Madam Secretary. I think I don't, They don't have to watch the show. You know my policy. Just listen to Satellite Sisters Talk TV and you'll find out what you need to know about the world of diplomacy through just an average person.
0: Well, I mean this week on the show in 60 minutes they saved the polar bears and brought back <laughs> nuclear power. That was just 60 minutes of diplomacy on Madam yes.
2: Secretary. It's called entertainment, but also yeah. you see the hard work the diplomats are doing. It was exciting.
0: Doing. It was exciting. Yes, that is our satellite sisters talk TV recap of the of the CBS drama Madam Secretary. Julie and I carry on and we're looking forward to doing it for a, a next a fifth season. I think show. we're going to win
1: a Pulitzer, Liam. No
0: doubt. <laughs> We did some analysis the last couple of
1: weeks. Yeah. I, I noticed. Did, yeah, yeah. some has been incredible, and, the work we're doing over there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and some breaking news. We had some breaking news, some confirmation from Taya Leone herself this week about a controversial issue. Were they eating fork with a, ice cream with a fork or a spoon? Taya confirmed it was a fork. We did that. We broke down several uh, several parts of the military this week. because yeah. who, yes. I you know got, there was some confusion about yeah. whether Marines can fly. I, I yes. heard that part. <laughs> That was it. That was it, Liz. Anyway, that's a separate feed. If you're looking for that, that's over at Satellite Sisters Talk TV. All right. Well, um, some more news. This seems pretty lightweight now, which after what you were just talking about, Liz. But you know, I like to do. But these... we need a change. We yeah. I we like need... to do these magazines. Let's go. Let's go
1: deep on some shallow topics. Thank we you, Julie. Go
0: right ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. I like to do the magazine roundup every once in a while. I'm trying to keep the magazine business afloat. Yeah. I would like to send out a disclaimer, though. I'm on to a couple of magazines who are basically just glorified Instagram <laughs> accounts now.
2: Oh, really? Uh, I'm
0: not. I'm not for that. Sunset Magazine. You have a new editor in chief. If If I want pictures of people I don't know on their loungewear, I'll just go to I'll just go to um, I'll just go to Instagram. Yeah. Magazines are pictures and words (laughs) and words. All right. As a writer, you're sticking to that. Yeah, I'm sticking to that. Okay. Sounds... Words. We're very
2: pro-words here.
0: Okay. So this month we're going we're gonna to take a look at O, the Oprah Magazine, real simple. And whoo I got some brown, groundbreaking news from Health Magazine. I okay, I think good. Uh, both of you are really going to be interested in. Okay. So O, this month, they're talking about what can we agree on, right? We talked mm-hmm. about the divisiveness of brunch. Right. We talked about the divisiveness of other things. So I thought this was actually a pretty good little tip. Quick tip that we can employ. Okay. According to Daniel Shapiro, he's a Ph.D., and he's a conflict resolution expert. And he said the best way, actually, to get to the table with someone, to get to the next step in terms of resolving conflict, was to actually start with the small stuff. He's mm-hmm. found in rooms, if people can agree on weird, complicated things like, oh, you play tennis? I play tennis. Mm-hmm. Oh, you enjoy brunch? I enjoy brunch. <laughs> that that is actually a very productive mm-hmm. stepping stone to get to the bigger conflict that they have to resolve. Uh-huh. That, that... I, I
1: agree with that. Liz, do you remember when we were talking to those CEOs, those female CEOs? They said many times they like to start by a conversation with workers finding out their favorite ice cream, Mm -hmm. flavor of Mm -hmm. ice cream, something simple, you know, that is that and safe. You know, I'm sure there are people that don't eat ice cream, but they still mm-hmm. might have a favorite flavor. So, yeah, I can see that. Confidence Lynn. building measures, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: it's yeah, it's sort of an emotional connection that doesn't have a huge consequence. Yeah. You know, you're not starting off with, hey, what would you think of the White House correspondence Dinner? You know, that's that's going to flame yeah. out. That is that's a conversation. <laughs> no, that's, that's going to flame that's out. That's a dead
2: end. But, you know, what flavor ice cream do you yeah. like? Okay, for everyone likes ice cream, Liz. You know, Richard Holbrook said, or Ronan Farrow said that Richard Holbrook, who he writes about a lot in his book, you know, the famous diplomat, used to take, like, his opposite number from Pakistan or Afghanistan, like, out to the movies when their wives were out of town or something. Like, he would just do, like, really simple social things like that with them to create that bond.
0: Okay, there you go. So thanks, O Magazine. That's a good tip. I thought I would pass on. All right, now we're getting, we're getting serious here. Liz, Julie, I know you're wondering... I need a new use for an old thing. And that old thing... You do. <laughs> that old thing this? would be coffee filters. Do you guys have a lot of coffee filters around? I do.
1: I've got stacks of them, <laughs> Yes, okay.
2: But I don't need new uses for them. They're so, filtering coffee.
0: Wait a Wait you hear what oh no, you can do. Oh no, I
1: want to hear. I want to yeah. hear.
0: Okay. Julie, I know you're trying to stack up all the china in your cabinets, right? And you don't want it yeah. to get scratched or nicked or anything. You want to okay. start layering those coffee filters in between the
1: china and the cups. Liz, look at the picture. You need more of that in your life, Liz. I know okay, you have, but I do. but the china is big. The coffee filter isn't as big as the china. Is that okay? Used you to. use more than one coffee filter per, per plate, <laughs> I, think, I think you're going to have to use your own judgment on that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the photo shows coffee cups stacked on the coffee filter, Julie. So they okay, started could... small.
0: Okay. All right. It's so hard to clean um, to clean mirrors, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Did you I know? I know they're always streaking, Leanne. Well, a coffee filter, Julie, is better than paper towel.
2: Okay. This is insane. it's lint. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's lint-free. It's lint-free. Okay. okay? So just spray on Lance, the
1: and... I bet Hooper would love to eat a couple coffee yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's for sure. If he gave him a
0: chance. That for sure. Wait, what magazine is this? This is real simple, which is, again, just one notch above an Instagram account now. (laughs) They have also fallen down on the job. Okay, Liz, I know you've got a lot of free time. And what do you like to do in your free time? (laughs) Do you like to make deodorizing sachets? Because Um... that's what you can do with coffee filters now. Look at how (laughs) trashy those look. You're supposed to put baking soda in a coffee filter and then tie it off with a ribbon. And what do you do with that? (laughs) i don't know is say, it too much it to the say, the fence, yeah.
2: is it too much to say my time is too valuable to yeah. spend
0: any of it doing that liz you can put them in your sneakers or in a trash can <laughs> no doubt you put them in a trash can it looks like trash and then finally if you're somehow all out of bowls you can put snacks in a
2: coffee filter okay that's what not good hell? no
0: okay i don't usually swear but come on real simple you got to give us a little bit kick it up that.
2: a notch here that okay. is not a good tip. No. Okay.
0: Eating out of coffee filters. Okay. Uh, this this stopped me in my tracks. I was reading this on the couch. Liz, Julie, made me think of you. Here's the headline from Health Magazine. Three things you should never, ever do with your vagina. <laughs> okay.
1: That's oh, the only oh, time I'm going to say are that. Are we really talking about this on The <laughs> only time okay. I'm going to
0: say this word, but I think this is important information. <laughs> okay. Because I have no doubt you've been wondering, what what should I do with that thing? <laughs> Or more importantly, what should I not do with that thing?
2: Please tell me it doesn't involve coffee filters. Okay, it
0: does not. It, it, it does not. It involves some other things you would never think about in connection with your private parts. All right, Liz, do not insert a jade egg. Okay, I know. A jade egg? Yeah, okay. I know that those ladies at Goop want you to do that. It's up you. They there. do? You're, yeah, you're supposed to be contracting. It's supposed to be like a workout, Yeah. For, you know, what I'm <laughs> yes. talking about. Don't do it, Liz, okay? Stick okay. with stick with the kegels, okay. you know. You know that. Okay, yes. Julie, I don't ever want you to steam it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're sitting around in Dallas thinking,
1: "I'm I just have gonna to steam it right here in my yeah. closet, land." <laughs> I'm gonna. I know. I really don't. I don't steam many clothes. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm gonna fire up an herb-infused hot water and just sit
2: on it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do that. Don't
0: do it. Don't I've do never
2: that. been tempted. At all. I never. Well,
0: Liz, this has probably crossed your mind. The number three thing you're not supposed to do. I know you're looking in your, in your uh, spice cabinet. You're going, oh, what am I going to do with that extra clove of garlic? <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it, you up know, there? where. <laughs> Don't put it up there, Liz. People do that. <laughs> Apparently, it's an old wives' tale. I mean, maybe one old wife once <laughs> put some garlic. Where the sun don't shine.
1: I don't even understand. Yeah. who put scarlet? What's the
2: goal? The... What would the goal be?
1: I. I the... Is that is that a peeled garlic <laughs> clove? Is it the whole clove or is it?
0: Yeah, this is supposed to be. It's a clove, Julie. Again, there weren't... are hardly
2: any words.
0: It's a. So it's just... <laughs> It's a popular, it's ah, Are a popular, there of this? Uh, well, no, but there's. It's a popular folklore remedy for a yeast infection. Okay. It's a clove of garlic. I All mean, right. popular with what? Like, like witches in in Grimm's <laughs> Brothers stories? Who's who's yeah. writing
2: this stuff these right. days? I don't. All know. right, so
0: those are the three things. Don't do any of those.
2: You have my 100% agreement. How about you, Julie? No?
0: I, I, I'm, I'm so square on this. I'm not doing it, Liam. Okay. All right. Uh, I want to mention over on the Facebook page, I want to thank everybody for their help. The Facebook group, if you want to join our Facebook group, we would love to have you. You go to Facebook. You search the Satellite Sisters, that's the group name, and then we will approve you. Come on over. There's a lot of good travel tips happening, yes, Liz. Yes, there is. So I just wanted to mention— or There are? Many. Yeah, there are. <laughs> many- <laughs> I heard that in my headphones. Many, <laughs> that's not right. Many, many thanks for all the recommendations for Paris and Rome. Yes. I'm going to those two cities next week. Very excited. Great recommendations. Like, I am making you know, restaurant reservations based on that. So thank you very much. Uh, also, people seeking tips for the Grand Canyon. If you know anything mm-hmm. about the Grand Canyon, scoot over to the Facebook group. Or shoes, good travel shoes. That was a very lively discussion with a lot of recommendations for good walking shoes for travel. So
2: that is over at our Facebook group. Yeah, I love the fact that you're asking your questions and you're getting your answers. I am getting answers. Suggestions from the Satellite Sisters yeah. and Misters who all post there. Yeah. So,
0: you know. Now I feel like I'm going to disappoint people when I can't go to all their recommended <laughs> restaurants and people. A lot of people suggesting day trips. I I don't have time. No for time any day. for that.
2: I have t- the because you're researching your new book. Yeah. when you're in Paris. Yeah, right? so you have an agenda. It's a
0: pretty specific agenda. So and then my, I'll be with my 20 year old son. He's never been to Paris before, so. Um, we're going to be doing like the Louvre because you know we want to yeah. see that uh, wing. Sort of the wing victory, yeah. So we're going to we're going to be running through the Louvre and things like that. But uh for most of the time, we're sort of on a prescribed route. So we are taking one day trip, but it will not be to aix or any or to the place
1: where they make start <laughs> or, or any Elfley. of those. It's, it's, it's a list yeah. for a lifetime, Liam. It, it you're is. We're all set. So if anyone, anyone set, any, I mean, yeah. There, there could be other satellite sisters going going abroad.
0: Yeah, I appreciated Joshua suggested the catacombs in Paris. That's a must-see. And then uh, I reminded him I have claustrophobia. So it's not a must-see for me. No. But I bet my you son. You could send
2: your son down there. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: then, that's what he said. You can go to a nearby cafe. So that <laughs> sounds like an excellent way to spend the afternoon.
2: And now it's time for Entertaining Sisters. Okay, here we are. We've, uh, we've all been out and being wildly entertained over the last week, so we wanted to pass along some entertainment tips. As we mentioned at the top of the show on Friday night, I went to a screening and a panel discussion about The Crown. Because I'm an Emmy voter, I was an executive in the television business, and I still get to play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the time of year when their campaigning begins, where the shows start doing these parties and presentations for Emmy voters so that you can say, oh, yeah, oh, she was greater in that. Or, oh, yeah, that script was great. So Friday night at the Television Academy, it was Peter Morgan, who is the creator and the writer of... Um, Uh, Of the crown. But he also wrote the Queen, the movie The Queen. Remember how great that was? And he wrote Frost Nixon. Wonderful. Yeah. So it was um, Peter Morgan, Claire Foy, who, of course, is, you know, Queen Elizabeth. She is the crown. Vanessa Kirby, whose name I did not know, but she's the actress who plays uh, Princess Margaret. Oh. And she is fantastic. In season two, if you haven't watched season two, I would get started right now. It is so great. But then the fourth person they had on the panel, also great to see, was Jane Petrie, who is the costume designer. Oh. And again, if you've watched that show, you know how Gorgeous the costumes are and very specific to a time period. So, you know, and all of these are separate Emmy categories. So they have different people talking about different things. But first they they screened an episode. The episode was the one called Mystery Man. And it was about the Profumo scandal. Oh, yeah. So every episode is based on something that really happened in history. And uh, so I got to say, not that anyone's going to be able to go out and do this, watching... The crown on a giant screen—it's even more gorgeous than it is on television. It was I'm so- sure because the
1: production quality is so high in that every detail—the carpets, the rugs, the teacups, the yes. teapots—you mm-hmm. know—you just the flowers, the upholstery—you just noticed every, how rich everything was um, in that in that exactly. production.
2: So seeing that on a big screen, you could appreciate every one of those details so a couple of interesting things that got said in the panel peter morgan is super talented and very entertaining and uh one of the things he said about queen elizabeth as a character as she's portrayed in the crown he said julie he said she's like a russian doll that the character itself is a woman in a woman inside a crown you know and it was, it was very thoughtful the way he said it. And you can sort of see that what makes that show so great is that, okay, she's the queen, but then she's also, you know, the wife of that loser. Right. Right. But, you know, so she has, she, <laughs> the she, wife she, of the Nazi. Yes. <laughs> yes. She has to be the queen and she's the head of family and she's the head of state. And you, they really communicate to you what it really means to be the crown. Yes. And so much of what she does is not for herself or even for her family, but just the weight she feels being the crown. So I thought that was really interesting. And, but he also, he said, I know in the show, I am never going to get to write a fight scene or a car chase or <laughs> any of that. <laughs> so he said, one of my favorite scenes, the angriest you will ever see anyone in this show, is in the Jackie Kennedy episode. Julie, have you seen that one? where, yes, ja- where yes. Jackie Kennedy visits Buckingham Palace. So it's Jackie Kennedy and Claire Foy as the queen. And he said, just watch the way she butters that scone. She <laughs> is irritated. So so that was very entertaining to hear him talk about that. Claire Foy, you know, about how hard it was to step into that role. You know, that's a pretty intimidating role. She right. was not well known at all when she first took on that um uh, that role. And uh, she also got asked about the whole news story, which we have talked about here, the fact that she was paid less than her co-star. And, you know, she was pretty thoughtful about it. She doesn't want to take any shots at him. And she was more like, well, I guess I'm just happy now that we are being asked for our opinions on things that we were never asked about before. Mm -hmm. And she said, I never really thought I could come forward about things like that before. And now I can. So that is progress. So anyway, it was super entertaining, very fun. If you, I would just say, watch season two, or if you haven't seen season one, start there. But the, the only thing that makes me sad is that now they're gone in season three. Right. They are, right. all the actors are being recast in season three. So I feel like it was my last chance to really appreciate Claire Foy in all of her glory. Um, Who's as playing the like queen in the next I one? forget the actress's name. I'll look that up. I'll okay, look, look that, that up. up. We can we'll move to on to research. Julie's Entertaining Sisters.
1: Yeah. Well, good report, Liz. Uh, You know, I am not an Emmy voter, so I'm not going anywhere special. And, Leanne, I'm not going to France. But so if you're like me, you're just staying home, watching TV and reading books. So I have a book recommendation for you. And um, this is in particular, I was thinking of you, Leanne, because this book is really like Vive la France. I mean, it's (laughs) the the name of the book is called The Kites by Roman Gueric. And Roman Garry is a French writer, very decorated writer. He's actually not French. he's Lithuanian, but he pl- he pretended to be French his whole do- his whole life. and really? uh, he li- you know he lived in Paris and he hung out at the brasserie Leap. He was married to the American actress Jean C- Seberg, and he actually uh, killed himself. Uh, uh, um, but he wrote this is his last book, and <laughs> so it's this just, just kind of sad and <laughs> disturbing. okay. Well, no, he lived, you know, he was the life of a tortured French author. You know, he really did that. But and this is his last book, The Kites, and it's just recently been translated from French into English. And it's like watching an old French movie. It has charming characters. They're not new or modern. It's it's a story of a fraught love affair. Um, right at the buildup of World War II, and it's set in Normandy, France. And I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think if you in- love France, if you love French things, if you're not packing your away bag to go to f- France, like Leon, you might enjoy this book as a nice little l- little side trip. It's called "The f- The Kites" by Roman Gerit. Okay, so, okay, we'll that put that my- in the notes on the website. Absolutely. Now the other thing if you're not reading a book you're probably watching TV and first of all um I think there's a good HBO special coming up that I'm really excited about and I don't th- I think it's going to be great even if you do not play tennis. The name of it is Being Serena. Oh, uh, wow, and I of can't course wait. And it's the HBO special it debuts on May 2nd and I think this is going to be I've watched the trailer we're going to post the trailer online a very personal story about her about about becoming a mother, about the very difficult childbirth that she had, and now trying to make her comeback. And, you know, without a doubt, she is one of the greatest female athletes of all time. And to have this very intram- intimate portrait of her I think is going to be very, very worth our while to watch. Don't you think, sisters? That's great. I
2: can't wait. Yes, I'm really looking forward to that. So
1: that is called Being Serena. It's on HBO, and it debuts on May 2nd. And then my third pick, which is a little unusual because I haven't been watching this show for a long time, but I am back in, and that is Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) This this year, this season, and they've had like... Uh, they've had just so many seasons of Dancing with the Stars, but this year it's uh, this season. It's all athletes, and you know they've gotten rid of the politicians, the actors, the entertainers. It's all it's Olympic athletes. It's really from like the sublime to the ridiculous. They have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is competing <laughs> Can't as wait. well as cannot wait, as, as well as Tanya Harding. So oh, wow, I, I, I mean, but. uh but they also have a number of Olympians that just, um, uh, you know, were just in the Olympics. So I think what you're going to see in this um, this season is a lot more competition. These people know how to compete, yes, you know, right. and they're going to go at it. Uh, I saw I watched Adam Rippon dance last night. He wants that trophy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. So,
2: that sounds so great. I think,
1: I think it's going to be good. Uh and uh so that's worth it to dip in, uh if you're home alone like me, reading <laughs> books and watching TV. All right, I have an update. Uh the Crown season three, Olivia Coleman will
0: mm-hmm. be the queen. She was in uh, Broadchurch. Oh so, right, right, right. So yes. in Broadchurch she paid played, played okay. the sort of um female detective. Yes. I mean oh, she is
2: great. She's in a that. great actress. That is really, really a good show.
0: And then the um you know the prince. Uh, I should have said Nazi sympathizer and not Nazi. Uh, <laughs> okay. prior, is will be the guy from Outlander. Is like oh. is the mean is the mean captain. He's replacing from Outlander. Matt Smith. Yes, so okay. Tobias, uh, whatever his name is, Tobias something. So okay. uh, there you go. I think it
2: would be pretty it intimidating reportedly. if you're an actor to come in after Claire Foy and Matt Smith. I oh, think- I,
0: I think it's the opposite. I think, you know, it's like a well-oiled machine. It'll be exciting to, like, sink your teeth in. And, you know, you're playing a a completely
2: different person. Yeah, you're playing an older
1: woman. Yeah. 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 Well, that's one thing Peter
2: Morgan said when he was asked about why was he replacing the cast. He said, I don't think it's fair to ask an actor to age more than 20 years. That's kind yeah. of who's cut off. As so, the
0: audience, we don't want to see those bad makeup jobs. Yeah. It's just bad. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I don't care who plays her. Great, okay. great. Yeah. No, I'm psyched. <laughs> All good. All good.
2: Okay. Well, now, sisters, it's time for the big reveal, right? Yes. We are, uh, here we are the entire month of April. We have been running our... You're the best photo contest on Facebook and Instagram. You know, we thought this was a good idea when we cooked it up in March. Our original goal was to just fill our feed. With photos of friendship, right? Because that's what Satellite Sisters is about. We're just a bit, we're just very pro friendship, so we thought it was a good idea. But I think it turned out to be even a way better idea than we anticipated. It was delightful. The whole month has been such delightful. a pleasure. If you're not a member of the Facebook group, that reason enough to join just to see all these great pictures of um, the Satellite Sisters with the Satellite Sisters and Misters to whom they wanted to say, "You're the best." So I posted on. Uh, uh, on Facebook the other day, the, the list, my own very low-tech system for <laughs> writing all of your names on a yellow legal pad with my flare, my purple flare, which is my writing implement of choice. Then last night, I cut them all into little slips of paper. And then I put them into a Ziploc bag, which I have now in front of me, right, Leon? And yes. I came Liz. in. I wanted a witness, Julie, to my, the drawing of the names. So I drew the names right before we started recording, but Leon is my witness.: Yes. So da 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 da. from the, the Facebook prizes that we are giving out. the fantastic gift basket from salsa Basket. Thank you for that. Um, cool Jams gave us a $75 gift certificate. Uh, We have two pillows from Nectar. That's the new mattress that we got. So these are really great pillows. And a copy of our book, You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. So here we go. Starting at the top. The winner of the Salsa Basket is Julie Lawrence Morris. And um, this is just a great picture. This is, uh, she writes, we can't remember how long we've been together, but it's over 30 years. Luncheon today, celebrating two birthdays and sending one of the birthday gals off on her fourth journey with cancer. Laughs, singing, eating, hugs, and tears. So that was Julie's caption. Congratulations, Julie. You're going to enjoy that salsa basket. Next up, Cool Jams. The Cool Jams gift card is going to Lisa Horngren Dixon. and Again, random, random selection, but I really loved your photo, Lisa, because it was Satellite Sisters and Misters, and the message just said cheering on the Wisconsin Badgers with our Satellite (laughs) Misters. You're the best. And it was also addressed to Betsy Dixon Witt. So you get the Cool Jams card. You're going to enjoy that. Next up, the pillows from Nectar will be going to Carla Olson Nelson. And it was a photo of Carla with Karen Fazzullo, who is her actual sister, which, oh, of course, very we nice. enjoy. But I love Carla. You have split the pillows. I love the fact that you won the pillows because here's her message. My sister has been fantastic as I recover from my broken ankle since yeah. January. She's done my laundry every week, taken me to the doctor's appointments, parked my car in her driveway during snow emergencies, picked up prescriptions, and so many other helps. You're the best, Karen Fazzullo. So I think... In your recovery, the broken ankle, you're going to need those pillows, Carla. So enjoy. And then finally, um, the copy of our book, You're the Best, will go to Rebecca Ramsey Gerhardt. And this is a an older photo of kids in a pyramid. And so youthful exuberance in this one. And she writes, as the oldest of five sisters, we are super lucky to have one another. This picture is a few years old. Well, maybe more than a few, but it makes me smile every time I see it. I am the bottom left sister. So (laughs) congratulations, Julie, Lisa, Carla, and Rebecca. You're all winners from the Facebook group. So I need you to email me your mailing addresses. And the email address is info." at SatelliteSisters.com. Now, Liam, you picked the winner from Instagram, From correct? Instagram,
0: the winner is D Balassie. Isn't that a cute photo? It's her and her Satellite Sisters at a wedding. Oh, cute. And it says, Satellite Sisters and weddings are a great combination.
2: Yes, they are, oh, Dee. like that. Yeah, and you're going to win a Cool Jams gift card. So, D, if you could also just email us. It's info at um, dot com. Right. Yeah. com. So we just need your mailing addresses and we will get your prizes out to you. Thanks again to Salsa Basket, Cool Jams, Nectar, and, uh, well, to us the copies of our book <laughs> <laughs> yes yes thanks to us
0: we should also thank our engineer Sergio Enriquez thank yes. you so much Sergio for taking care of us here at the Wondry sunset studios all right
2: to-do list Liz you got anything on your to-do list this week road trip Leon. I am leaving on Friday Hooper and I are taking our first road trip together you know I just adopted a new dog about two months ago we are driving up to Oregon for uh, we're going to be there all next week. That's where I'll be doing next week's show from. So we're hitting the road Friday morning. Oh, I'm fun. super psyched oh, fun. to see how he does
1: in the backseat on, on the road trip. Yeah, all right. Julie, what do you got on your to-do list? I'm going to book indoor skydiving, Leon, because uh, uh, my son gave that to my, hus- uh, get, to my husband for his birthday. And so I feel like I better book these indoor skydiving appointments before <laughs> there's a fatal accident at this place and everybody dies. That That's that's what I'm doing. Indoor that sounds skydiving. Fun. Yeah, that sounds uh, yeah. fun. Looks like- I tried that once. Yeah. I know you did. Yeah.
2: Okay. And Leanne, how about you? What's you know a- what?
0: I have to do a book club this week. i literally forgotten entirely about it. So I was so relieved to get a reminder email from the organizer.
2: <laughs> when you say do a book club, you're speaking at a book club? I'm
0: speaking at a book club. It's a You're the Best book club. It was an auction item at a school auction. Okay. Like, copy of the book, and then um, and then I show up at the book club. And said so I have to refresh myself on You're the Best, what it's all about. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I do a ton of speaking. Yes. And then I I haven't been because I was working writing another book. So then I literally like, what do I say about that book? <laughs> Gotta remind myself. And Sheila may do a drive by. So, oh wow! Because
2: there's good food. So she was in. She may do. Yeah, yeah. She may do a <laughs> yeah. drive by. Well, we don't want to overpromise too much. But while you're gone, we may even have. Sheila is a special guest sister oh, on fantastic. the show. All and right, there's right. a rumor of Monica, too. We do not know. Right. But it could happen. Right. Anything could happen while you're gone. Anything could happen. I know. The whole thing could fall apart. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, everyone have
0: a great week. You too, Leanne. Thanks to everybody. You too, Lian. Thanks to everybody for listening. You can always find everything you need at SatelliteSisters.com. It's a good place to check first mm-hmm. for any links or any information you want. Uh, satellitesisters.com. Thanks for listening. Remember to share the sisters. We appreciate it when you let your friends know about our podcast. We also appreciate it when you uh, put a, a nice review of our podcast. Sure. Yeah. 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 Wherever you want to put a review. That'd be <laughs> great. All right. Have a great week, and don't forget, call your satellite Sisters.